Hi, my name is Lauren McDonald. I'm the founder and CEO of Intuition Co-op, and I've been a recruiter for 30 years. What I love about beauty is that it's defined by the individual. No one can define beauty for another person. From New York City, you're listening to Beauty Is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the beauty industry. Welcome to Beauty Is Your Business. I'm Mimi Banks, and today with Abby Wallach, we are talking to the amazing Lauren McDonald. Lauren, we're so thrilled to have you here. I love Sonia, and any friend of Sonia is a friend of mine, and I trust her implicitly, and she has so many wonderful things to say about you, and I cannot wait to get to know you more. We'd love to learn about you and your business, and tell us more about what you do. Thank you so much. I love Sonia as well, and she's always spoken so highly of you, so I'm honored to be here with you this morning. I'm a big fan of beauty, and I'm a big fan of People like you have led the industry for a long time. I've been a recruiter for 30 years. I started out my career at Paramount Pictures working for the Maury Povich Show. And I started out as an intern. And then I've been the head of recruiting for three companies. And I've been on the agency side for the majority of my career, building teams in beauty, ranging from a one-person placement through 140 at one company. And... I never wanted it to end. I jump out of bed every morning and I, I love the beauty industry. I love the space. I love the people. I love the fast paced, you know, how fast paced it is, whether it's a good economy or a bad economy, beauty is the place to be. Lauren, it's so great to see you. Can you share with us a little bit about where we're at in the trajectory of the beauty industry with hiring? We are coming out of a massive pandemic. The beauty industry is exploding like no other business. Many companies have had to pivot, but there are challenges in terms of talent and hiring at different levels. Can you share with us the different levels and what you're seeing on the ground floor in the industry? I think this is my third recession and I obviously everyone's first pandemic. When it comes to beauty, there's always opportunity, but finding the opportunity is hard because I think every industry thinks that it is translatable into beauty. So they think if I work at Apple, I can work at beauty. If I work in CPG, well, of course I can work in beauty. And even within beauty, sometimes it's a very hard conversation to have with someone about transferring from mass or mastige into beauty. If you work at Procter and Gamble and then you want to work at Lauder, they probably won't recognize your your talents or your what you bring to the table, right? So I think that when we're looking at beauty, beauty is changing so much. And I remember when, you know, selfie started. I found that beauty was changing and it was so much more respected as an industry. Spending all these years in beauty, I've met with the, I've worked with the brightest people. I've worked with the strongest, the fastest and the most innovative. So who wouldn't want in on that industry? But I think right now people have to understand that not all that you see is true, right? If if someone is trying to interview at a company and they are not hearing feedback immediately, they are often dissuade from the 
company or they say that they were ghosted, well, maybe their resume wasn't seen. There's a ton of activity. And in the beauty industry, everyone wants to work in the beauty industry. And why wouldn't they? Something that you just said, um, I just want to stop you for a second because you just said something really interesting. The resume isn't seen. So I think for people out there that are new to beauty, that might not have a network or connection, what's a good tip for how people get their resume seen? You know, I am an influencer on LinkedIn and I never shared before 2015 and now I have about 130,000 followers and I'm really a truth teller. I have about 35 million impressions and I've never paid for advertising. I think I tell people the truth and sometimes I think you have to be very realistic about your experience and you have to understand that people are receiving so many emails a day, right? There's that portion. Then you have the ATS system, the applicant tracking system, which that system goes to HR. So I think that people really need to do networking with a purpose and not a transactional networking, but true networking, getting yourself involved. Whether you're graduating from college or you're looking at a transition, there's opportunities for volunteerism at organizations like CEW. You can volunteer. You can go to the product demo night. You can check people in. You There are so much, but I believe that you have to hustle for any job, but especially in the beauty industry, because everyone wants to work there because I think it's the most innovative industry on the other than maybe like NASA. It's very interesting that you bring up the networking aspect because the younger generation is all about networking on LinkedIn and not just the transaction. That's really important. And as you build your professional career to develop relationships, right? Because that's really what the whole business is about is building relationships where you can call on the right people when you need them and bring them into the mix or interview them for the job or call them to see if they know someone who may be a fit. So it's very interesting to hear you share that. What are you thinking in terms of social media activation? That's amazing. You have such a wonderful following and that you're truthful in what you share. Do you feel that LinkedIn for beauty is the place to be because there's lots of traction there? Where should people be looking in the industry, in beauty, if you're a Gen Zer and you want to get into the business, or even if you're like a C-suite and you're looking to go from one company at the top to, you know, your next big role as a CEO, you know, because you have to have some level of focus, right? Because there's so much. What would you suggest as an expert? I agree. And I keep a focus on LinkedIn, but starting in January, I will be blowing out on Instagram and Pinterest. Twitter is an amazing place. I think where you right now might go is where it's the less traveled path, right? So if you think about Twitter, most people don't look at Twitter. Most people don't look at Pinterest. Now, if you're in social media and say you're in college or you're graduating from college, or if you're 52, you should be looking at Pinterest because if you really follow it and you can figure it out, you could get to a social media manager who might be able to pass along your resume internally through Pinterest by contacting that social media manager. Also, Twitter is something I don't understand. People think it's very difficult. It's the most basic platform. It's wonderful. You can get direct to the CEOs on Twitter. Lauren, I completely agree with you. Working in social media, I post on my LinkedIn and on my Instagram, we're hiring. 
And I've had people direct message. I mean, I think that to be able to have that sense of determination or passion or hustle to just start contacting people. In fact, you know, to go along with what you're saying, we have one of a strong person on our team that came to us through LinkedIn and said, I, you know, I want to do this. You know, I, we had no connection to her and she came directly through LinkedIn. And I think that, you know, I'm guilty of friending people all the time when I see them in beauty because I, I really believe in the power of the network. But I think, Lauren, what you're saying here, that's super important. And Abby, we're saying it's about the network. It's about the hustle. And it's about seeing where you can volunteer. So if you are more seasoned and you want to change industries or you're just starting and you want to learn about beauty, that there's so many people that you can even get an internship, like a non-paid internship. Or Lauren mentioned CEW, Cosmetic Executive Women, which is a really great place and very well-respected industry organization. You know, it's so interesting to hear you say that when I started in beauty 25 years ago, that was what I did. Someone tipped me off about the Fragrance Foundation. I remember contacting the president at the time. I think it was Annette Green. And I remember going through lists. I mean, nothing existed back then. So it's really important. You know, these organizations, to your point, have been around for so many years and have such depth and knowledge and mentorship where they can really help this younger generation become part of the community and the beauty industry. I'm just curious when you talk to younger people, because the younger people are really all about networking. How do you lead them in terms of application, the application process? And are they being told to just apply for jobs? And because I know there are ways the kids are working it today, because I have a bunch of kids, that seems to move the needle, right? That they find the job, they go on LinkedIn, they find the person or an alumni who was there from their college. What do you suggest to that generation? Because there's so many people who are hungry and looking, but they're really not sure where to begin. Well, I think you have to start with the grit and determination and not listen to your friends. I recently was working with a woman who was told they're not being told the truth and they don't have the experience. So if they're talking to their peers, their peers really don't have the experience to tell them how to network. You would have to go to someone with a bit more experience. I'm turning 50, happy to share my age. I think we should have those conversations about age. And I speak with a 21-year-old the same way I speak with a 65-year-old, and they're blown away. So I think that they need to really be very honest with themselves and what this is going to take and that they can't be pushy. No one will hire you if you're pushy. They're very, it's a turnoff. But I think really stating your case and telling people that you're ready to work and that you'll do whatever it takes. And if it takes going to an office a few days a week, you'll be there because the other people might not, the other candidates that they're looking at. I think there has to be a willingness to do whatever it takes you have to share your grit. And I don't think that you can be very transactional. I think you need to know your research about the companies. I think that's the thing that I stress the most is know the companies and the competition. I am blown away after, I don't know, 27 years of doing this, 30 years in recruiting, that people don't scroll down. Scroll down, find out where they went to college, find out about them. Because if you think you're going to push straight through that person and get the job and not make that human-to-human -human connection, it's not going to work. And the person that does shows that they scroll down. The scrolling down to me is fascinating. I graduated from the French Culinary Institute, top of my class, and no one 
ever scrolls down. And that would be something that you might want to chat with me about because a lot of people, food is a great common connector. So you also need to find something else about the person that isn't about the job because that becomes very transactional. I love that. The hashtag scroll down. Like if there's going to be something to take away from this, because I'm guilty, Lauren, I looked you up on LinkedIn. I was like, I can't friend her. I can only follow her. I can't friend her. I think that's like a very good piece of advice is this scroll down. Just asking another question, because I think that this scroll down, which I'm obviously guilty of now that I will now never not do because I heard this here first. So thank you for that. I feel so special now. (laughs) It's first thing in the morning here in California, and I just love starting my day with that. My second question is, somebody now on the other side who's listening to this podcast, that's hiring. There are way different expectations from people that are joining your team than when we were growing up in the workforce in terms of what the culture is and how to retain the talent. Can you maybe talk about that a little bit? Because I'm noticing as a hiring manager, like what it takes, the expectations are from employees are to me very different, specifically post-COVID, specifically hybrid workforce, specifically around emotional EQ and all kinds of things. You know, I think the first thing that I would recommend to companies is if you're not going to respond to people, don't, and I know that you're very responsive and you have a great reputation, companies that are complaining that they can't find people aren't doing the work. It's work to find people. Recruiters work very hard. Headhunters, I'm a headhunter. We work very hard to find people and there's no low hanging fruit when you have the sort of strange economy that we do. What I think you have to do is really develop relationships. And that's something you're known for, Mimi, but, and I'm known for, that I'm a relationship developer. I'm not transactional. I don't walk away when something doesn't work. You know, I have people that I've placed 20 years ago that are still at the companies I placed. And I keep in touch with everyone, keeping in touch with people, building out that relationship. And I think my biggest, we could talk about ghosting because companies get a reputation for ghosting in two minutes. You have to dot the I's, you have to cross the T's, and you really have to be present during interviews. That gets out there very quick. If a company, mostly these larger corporations, if they have a bad reputation, people won't interview. When companies post on LinkedIn, they walk away. They just mic drop, here you go, go fetch. And candidates are annoyed now because they've spent time. There's a great deal of no-shows. There has to be a fairness and an equity in interviewing on both sides. So if a candidate, if a job seeker does not show up for an interview, they're blacklisted. If a candidate is two minutes late because the subway was a mess, they are never given a second chance. Yet hiring managers are able to ghost people. I had someone who the company, and it was in beauty, came back a year later They ghosted him on the interview, very senior level person, didn't show up. And one year later, it was July, this happened. They said, we're so sorry. We we never caught up after the interview. I know that I just totally dropped the ball, but would you be able to speak? And he did. I said, take it, take the call. And he said, my starting is now 85,000 more. Good for him. Well, you know what? It's so interesting to hear you say that because it should go both ways. It's all human capital. To your point, it's all about the relationships and it's all about the building blocks. 
you know, I, I wonder another thing that's very prevalent in interviewing and hiring are reviews of the companies. You know, this young generation, they are all over Glassdoor. They dig in. What is the reputation? It's based on numbers. So if they're pursuing and they're interested and engaged, they're looking for that detail. And they're not going to go where the company doesn't have a good, solid foundation, reputation. They're really keyed into that. They'll even interview people who've worked at the company to get more detail because they don't want to waste their time. It's very good. They're educated consumers in the field of work. The one thing I will say, though, is you can't trust one person's opinion. So if someone works at a prestige fragrance company and they hated their boss, they're going to tell their friend, don't work there. But what if their friend worked in packaging and was working under a great creative director? I understand looking at Glassdoor, but maybe that person was rude on the interview. And so again, it works both ways. When you're really an adult about hiring people or you're an adult about looking for a job, you can say to yourself, you know, maybe I take a step back. Maybe someone was, the hiring manager was late. Candidates lose their minds. Job seekers lose their minds when someone is 10 minutes late for an interview and that you cannot do that. You have to be, I always say you have to be Susan Lucci or George Clooney during the interviewing process. And I had someone once say, I don't understand what that means. And I thought, okay. I said, you grew, you grew up in the United States. You've heard of all my children. And she said, yes. And I said, you have to be an actor or an actress. There's an element of that. You don't have to show all your cards if you're annoyed, you don't have to show the person. And that's part of the interviewing process. So, yeah, that's true. I used to tell people that like even in corporate America to survive, you're always on stage, that you're always on stage. There's always people looking. There's always people watching. I think that that's great. The other thing that I thought that was interesting that you're saying is about how, how it works two ways is the people that are often the most upset about something, they're the first to review. So you get like the polar extremes of people that are so obsessed or upset are the ones that tend to leave the scathing or the loving reviews. And I agree with you when you have a big company and because I, you know, I worked at L'Oreal for a long time and I'm very similar to Lauren as I just, I'm very straightforward and I speak to everybody the same way. I'm pretty direct. And, and this is what I loved and I learned about when I worked at L'Oreal and people ask questions and, and you, and you just can do your best to be completely honest. And I agree, Lauren, that who you work for specifically within a large organization will shape your experience. If you want a long career, which I think many people don't necessarily work at the same company for a long time. And I get that's, you know, I was at L'Oreal for 15 years, which was not where people are now, but that you can have a lot of different experiences within a very large company and you can work in different places. You could have different bosses. You can work in different countries. And so what I think is interesting, also what you're saying is that to look at that larger picture and to be able to have someone like you to give that kind of guidance and so like, what is one tip that you give people now when they're starting to look or the people that are listening now and they're saying, you know, this is so interesting, but I have no experience. I can't connect with you, Lauren. You can follow me and then email me. And then I have a process now, which is fun. It took a while, but I think I have a great download on my website, which will help people, which is self-care. Before you start having the conversation with yourself, I think you really need to look at self-care because self-esteem is taking a beating 
whether people are aware of it or not, job search is brutal. People are not salespeople. They're not used to rejection. My little boy is selling Cub Scout popcorn. And we went around, we live in a condo and, and we went down and three people, I'm not kidding. He's adorable. He's nine. He's a lovely boy. Either yelled at him. I was standing right there or shut the door in his face. And he said, what do I do? And I said, we go to the next door. And I said, and you say out loud through the door, because I can hear you. Thank you for your time. I appreciate you considering my pack. We move on. Forget about it. And I'm teaching him at a young age about rejection. So I think that a lot of people can't step away from the rejection and they take it on. The first thing I would say is self-care. And I've got a great guide as we go into the winter months that helps thousands of people. I worked with a dietitian. I worked with mindset. And I have a ton of tools that are going to be coming out in January. But before that, I don't think people should be talking to their friends. I think that people have to really understand that they have to stand on their own two feet and that people's thoughts can affect how they feel about themselves. If someone says, I want to marry George Clooney, because who doesn't? Someone will say, you don't have a shot in hell, even before he was married. And she's terrific. But when you think about that, maybe that that element of I want something that you think I can never have based on your own feelings about yourself. I want that job. Well, I can't get that job. Why should you? And I find that people's friends and colleagues and family members will talk them out of something before we even get to the starting gate. So I would say zip it. I wouldn't announce to the world, especially if you think some of your friends might be competition for that same role. I would say focus on self-care, mindfulness, and go inward and start doing research. And another thing is really take care of yourself because this affects your psyche and your soul and dealing with that rejection and understanding that just because someone said no now that might change into a yes based on how you treat that no right if you throw a fit if you go on glass door good luck ever getting into that company if you badmouth a hiring manager you might not have a career in beauty or any other industry so do you feel like there's a big network of people within the beauty industry that have these conversations on a regular basis about the different job opportunities? Do they speak to people like you or or do you find that they're speaking to one another or are they speaking to the boss who they have now? Like, where do those conversations happen? I was in the entertainment and media business for 25 years before I moved into beauty in a different way. It's a story for another time. I'm just very curious to know where those conversations are happening because I love what you're saying because it's very insightful and very valuable. You're part psychotherapist too, I guess, as you're curating and dealing with clients because it's a mental game, right? It's a psych game. It's more of a mental game than a skill game at this point. Well, that's what it sounds like. And that's very interesting to me because I've, as I shared, I have a bunch of sons and I hear what's going on. And I'm, I think what you're saying is very valuable to the younger generation. Probably they'll listen more than the older generation because they have been doing it for so long. They will listen more. They will listen. They're amazing. The fact that we still identify people by the millennial or the generation. I'm going to be 50. No one ever said to me on an interview, well, you know how those Gen X kids are. 
No, that was ridiculous. No, we had the Winona Ryder movie. That was about it. But remember that movie? But when you look at people who are 50, when you look at people who are 40, some people come to me and they say, oh, I don't know that I'll ever work again. I, I'm 50. I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, who are you listening to? I think really picking, my father had an amazing expression and I would be talking to him about a situation, a client. I was very close to my dad and he would always say, don't hitch your wagon to that star. And I am very careful who's what star I'm hitching my wagon to. And I've been very site specific. And I urge people, if your friend is telling you, oh, X company isn't hiring or you don't have the skill set for it, I would just, you know, say a prayer for them because of their their attitude and say, just because you can, I can. I love that. I love that. I think that that's great. You're your own destiny and you, you shouldn't shut yourself down. And you shouldn't listen to people. People would say to me, when I started sharing on LinkedIn, I did not want to. I, I became very ill and I, was, I didn't walk for a year. I was sick for two and I had a rare disease. And um, a few months into it, I said, you know, this is terrible because I could share on LinkedIn. If one post helps one person once a day, I'm going to try it for a year. I'm very, very tight-lipped with my business. I don't share a lot about my business. And I don't have a website for that reason. I have a website, but that's the only way you can connect with me is on the website. I don't share information there because of intellectual property. But I remember sitting at a Yankees game with my husband my husband said to me, look around, you have more followers than are at the game. And it was a playoff game. I started crying. And the man behind me said, I think it was from Queens. And he thought I was crying about the score. And he said, sweetheart, we're going to win. You got to stop crying. And I looked at Dave and I said, I don't have the heart to tell him. I'm, I'm just really excited about my social media numbers. But, you know, I think when you think about the amount of people who told me I couldn't do things, I don't know about the two of you, but, you know, a lot of people love to tell you what you can't do, who you shouldn't be, what you aren't, you're not wearing the wrong, you just sit there and I always say you just completely Chris Jenner it. You just take it and you run. And Kylie has that amazing video. I play it for every single person I work with. And it's the Kylie Jenner Cosmetics. It's, I think, video two. She's walking into her office, you know, Hermes bag and the great suit and the hair and the necklace that, you know, you're blind from. And she walks in and she takes a moment and she looks at a framed picture of herself. And it's her giving the middle finger. And she says, huh. And she walks in and I'm like, that's the energy you need when you're interviewing. Right there. You got it. And that's to the haters. Maybe you should do a video series, top 10 tips. Yeah, you know, I have a lot coming out. I've been, um, I've moved so many people into roles that I'm, I'm finishing up. I'm finishing up all engagements. I'm almost done for the year. I'll be releasing a lot of that next year, but thank you very much for that. I would love, I would love your ideas or thoughts on that. I think that people have to understand that this is a solo game. This is not a game that you go to your friends for. You know, I always say pre-pandemic, when you go to Thanksgiving and you're having trouble finding a job, like, don't tell your Aunt Marge. Like, let's just keep it under wraps because misery sometimes loves company. The other thing I wanted to share with you that's really important is don't believe all these numbers with these positions. Don't believe that just because a position isn't listed that they're not hiring. You don't know what's going on and you don't know that someone isn't about to get fired and you could fill that role. And also, you don't know that what your skill set brings that the person doesn't know that they need that. And all of a sudden they come upon you and they, you say, Oh my God, you're amazing. I want you to be part of our team. 
So, I mean, I completely agree with you that like your network, your relationship and how you conduct yourself is everything. What you said also, Lauren, I'm, I'm taking notes over here, but like it's, it's the self-talk. And I think that that's super important because someone who's had her own business, Lauren, you have your business, Abby, that people on the side will say, you know, everyone has their comments. Like I could never do that. And you can see their self-talk and what they're doing. And you're like, you know, okay, okay, okay. Um, you know, um, I, or I always need to work for someone or I always, that's great. I mean, it's good to be aware, but you start to see this self-talk and that you bring yourself down. So I think that that is super important. The fact that you're saying self-care, the other thing that I just wanted to reiterate about relationships that I think is really important that goes both ways that maybe you have a conversation now and there's no fit. But what I had someone really so smart just out of college say to me, you know, I offered her a job and it was a job between working for my agency and and L'Oreal and she chose L'Oreal. And, you know, I'm flattered that I was on this. I was part of that decision that I made to that decision. Someone else to me, that's like super flattering. And I said, you know, take L'Oreal. I think it's great. I think you're going to learn so much, you know, and secretly I'm like very, you know, I'm proud of her, right? Because I had that same caliber of who I wanted to hire. But the way that she finished the interview process was, you know, wanting to stay in touch, wanting to have a mentor. And it was this genuine connection that we have, which is also why I wanted to bring her on the team. So I think that something else, Lauren, that I wonder if you see, and if maybe we can close with this, is from the beginning, because what this candidate did, I thought was so brilliant. And how, when you, let's say you're trying to decide a job, and you have between two, how do you nurture that relationship to keep those doors open so it paves the way for the future? I think gratitude. The amount of people who don't send even an email thank you note for someone's time. Do you know how many people I talk to? Now, if I'm calling you from this phone, you have my cell number. It takes two seconds to text a thank you note. Thank you for your time. If you have a transactional approach and you don't have gratitude, you're going to have a very short-lived career. I don't care where you are. I totally agree with that. That comes from your upbringing, I have to say. I mean, how could you not be grateful? I teach it. Good for you. Very important. I'm all about that. And no, it's very apparent. You know, you know within a few minutes, you do. I agree with you. I interviewed someone I thought was great and then never heard back from her again. So I was like, maybe she's just not hungry and I want to see the hun- I want to see the excitement. And I never heard back. My first press release, I'll never forget this. Do you remember Letitia Baldridge, Jackie Kennedy's press secretary? My very first press release. I worked at Madeline DeVries 25 years ago, probably longer. And it was how to make the best first impression. And I'll never forget that. It was for like Pert Plus or something. And it was really important because you literally have 30 seconds to make that impression. And that can dictate exactly where you're going to go in an interview, in a relationship, in anything. But I have an interesting question. I'm very curious, Lauren, about, and I know we have to wrap soon, about the crossover between industries. Because every industry now needs people in other industries. It's just apparent. And if you're not thinking that way, you better be thinking that way because it's so important. You know, beauty, everything's a media business today. 
And I don't mean that from a only social media. I mean it from a communications point of view. How are you communicating your message? How are you speaking to your consumer? How are you curating your employees? What crossovers are you seeing? And is that happening in a larger way today from your point of view and from where you sit? Because it's very important to know. You know, I would speak to the hiring managers on this to tell them to be a lot more flexible. I would ask them to recognize what people bring to the table and not be so stuck in their ways that if you don't have a certain, sometimes these job descriptions are wish lists, right? And they follow them through on the interview that if you don't have one through 700, well, you're probably going to maybe one through 10 would be appropriate. And if you don't have one through 700, you're kicked out of that ATS system. My big dream would be that there's no ATS systems and that would be able to bridge the industries way, way faster. But I think that you kind of need to be looking forward to 2030. I think the people are ignorant about what's going on with AI and with machine learning. I was fortunate to start as a recruiter in 91. So I rode that wave through building out teams of some of the first company, you know, for some of the first companies, media, we used to call it new media before, you know, that was the beginning of the internet. Well, we're going through another change like that. And we're going, and this disruption and the four, we're going through the fourth industrial revolution. In 2030, there's a McKinsey report. I think it's about a 30% unemployment rate is anticipated for 2030 due to machine learning and and AI, which I I do a tremendous amount of research on since 2016 daily. I think that it's really up to the candidate not to throw a resume and see if it'll stick. It is their responsibility, really for the person who's looking to find a killer job, you make that connect. You can't ask the hiring manager, I'm not a fan of human resources. It's very well known. I mean, everyone who follows me knows, like I'm not, I don't believe that they are able to take a step back. But if HR has the ATS system, well, we're blocking everyone out. We're spewing them out. No one's resumes are being seen because you don't check off one through 70. For HR, it's like a volume challenge. You're right that they can go through and filter. So you get lost in the filter. I agree. Or kicked out from the filter or could use an example that is not beauty, but could be beauty. The other day, the interim president, I know we're wrapping up, but the interim president of, I watch things and see things way differently than everyone does because of where I sit, my experience, how I operate, how I run my business. And the interim president of Pizza Hut said that he was hiring for 40,000 roles. So 40,000 roles, my goodness, right? Well, then I kind of look and he's got Kentucky Fried Chicken product in his office. And I look and I say, oh, he's the KFC president on Young Brands. He's just helping out because Pizza Hut doesn't have a president. And then I do a little little bit of research, not a lot, five minutes worth. And I called my best friend and I said, they're going for funding, aren't they? So that 40,000, maybe it's 2,000, we'll never know. But if you hear that and you think, I want to work for this company that says they're hiring, that is your responsibility as a job seeker to make the connect and say, I'm coming from this industry. And I think that this would be a great way for me to offer value. A resume is only your past, not your future. You know, it's really funny. Fun fact, I interviewed for Yum Brands many years ago. They flew me out (laughs) while this while I was at L'Oreal. So you can move from beauty to food. So it is possible. I think also when you think about that, beauty companies will, will hire anyone out of beauty 
If you have beauty experience, you're set. I love this as a final thought of like, can you tell us more about that, about how like what the transferable skills are or what you're seeing that once you're in beauty, that kind of sets you up? I think that beauty is obviously, you know, beauty is my baby, but I love a lot of industries, but there's nothing like beauty. And you really have to be smart. You have to be on your toes. You have to be able to pivot. You have to work with some of the toughest people. You know, sometimes I hear about people in supply chain and logistics and I think, Oh, really? Why don't you come over and give beauty a try for a little bit? We'll see what you're made of. So when you really work with tough cookies and you're able to produce, what company won't hire that? They won't hire that skill set, that personality, that demeanor, that grit. I think beauty is made of grit. I was a proud sponsor of the Cancer and Careers event at the Waldorf for years. My father died of pancreatic cancer. And my big concern is that people get sick when they're looking for jobs. People get laid off. People are told what they're not. Their self-esteem gets to them. A lot of people have heart attacks and a lot of people get cancer. And I don't want that to happen. But sometimes people need to hear the truth that you have to be the one working a little bit harder and not expect this is not 19, you know, this isn't 1992, although I would love the late 90s back because it was a great time in the city. But, you know, you, you can't expect that these companies are going to be walking you through. You have to work hard to present yourself and make that connection and not have them figure out like, well, where could we put them? Because someone told me once, it's a great quote. If you confuse a woman when she's making a beauty purchase, she buys nothing. And so if a woman comes to you and she says, or a man, but this is an old, an older quote. And she says, I would like an eye cream. And that's all she wants at the counter is an eye cream. And then all of a sudden, the salesperson is saying, you should get the serum, the night cream, the this, the that, the neck cream, the, the body lotion. The, did you get the fragrance? They're out. All they wanted was the eye cream. I think it's very similar to hiring. So you have a resume that has a million things, and you're going to have the hiring manager who has maybe four seconds try to figure out where to put you. You tell them where to put you. Lauren, you mentioned uh, your LinkedIn, you mentioned your website. If someone wants to get in touch with you, what is the best way to follow you, to friend you? How can we reach you? Thank you. Lauren McDonald on LinkedIn. And my hashtag is go, 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 because I don't think you should really ever slow down. And Lauren McDonald, go, go, go.com. You can connect with me there. If you'd like a copy of my self-care guide going into the winter months in your job search. And then you can be on my email distribution list where I send the good stuff. Lauren, first of all, I'm so happy that Sonia. So for those of you who don't know, Sonia is the founder of Beauty Barrage and all. And she also has a new skincare line that just came out. And she's amazing. And I really trust her implicitly. So when she passes someone's name, you know, I don't ask questions. I just, I say yes to Sonia all the time. And I'm so glad that Sonia put us in touch. Lauren, I am so enlightened by this conversation from a job seeker to someone hiring like myself, to the scroll up, to all of this like wonderful, straightforward advice that I think is beneficial for so many people. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. Lauren, it was great to meet you. This has been Beauty Is Your Business. Produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2021. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network. And find prior episodes at beautyisyourbusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. Your brand message can be on this show. Email us to find out more at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Thank you for listening.